sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's close our eyes and let's just pray for a minute. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for the testimonies, what we've seen, not just what we've believed for, but what we've seen this weekend, how you've manifested yourself, how you have revealed yourself. Lord, we want to give you all the glory, all the glory. Thank you, Lord. If this is the way that we can see you at work, I wonder what will be next. How much more can we still have and see in our lives? We want to invite you today. Work our hearts, Lord. Sow the seeds. Let it come up to be a harvest in your kingdom for your sake. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love being with you in East London. haven't been in East London for many, many years. So it's a privilege just to be part of the church for one weekend, see how you deal with each other, the relational culture between you. I love how uh, the church set up the ministry team, and I really felt at home. And I want to share with you this morning, we've been sharing the whole weekend on uh, the kingdom of God and what it means to live in the kingdom of God, to receive the kingdom. Uh, we've, we've seen the testimonies, heard the testimonies of how God works in the kingdom. And uh, this morning I want to share a little bit about His glory and His presence and send us out after the conference with, uh, with a good understanding of what it means for us to walk and live from the presence, but also from His glory. Uh, I want to start off with a story. I made the, a major mistake in the first service. I thought Neisner was close by, but they, they corrected me because for the Valleys, Everything that says Cape behind it's like Cape. You know, it's the Cape. We're going to the Cape. So Nisla, which is not far from here, we had a, an interesting experience, no, <laughs> which is far from here, sorry. We had an amazing experience of God's glories, manifest presence, not in the church. I don't know if you've been to Nisla, but on the way to the main entrance, they have these little stalls and tables of uh, fortune tellers. People reading palms and reading tarot cards and, you know, telling your fortune, all of those things. And uh, we, on our way into the mall in the waterfront, we wondered what it would be like for God to manifest himself on a, a, outside the church at, at a stall where someone attempts to read your future. And we didn't exactly know how to approach it, but we thought about it. And so we thought maybe if we just stop at someone and say, listen, we will pay you, and then we'll um, pray for you, then maybe they will allow us. But then we thought, you know, possibly people involved in these kind of activities will not allow you to pray for them. So what we decided to do is we decided to say, listen, we will pay you, but will you allow us to read your future? And uh, one lady actually accepted. Sure, no problem. Just before we start, what medium do you use? And we're like, no, we'll tell you afterwards. No problem. No problem, she said. So we paid her. And uh, we sat down, closed our eyes and prayed quietly. And started prophesying over her, giving her words of knowledge and just revealing God's heart for her. And she was shattered in tears. This is so accurate. What medium are you using? And we said... Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, 
And her eyes, she was just, what? And we could explain to her, she, she just had an encounter with the living God. We could explain to her, how, not just how God loves her, demonstrate to her that the glory and the presence of God just came upon her and how Satan had used or abused her calling. He had hijacked possibly a calling or a prophetic calling in her life into the dark side. And to live in and from God's presence and His glory is available not for the people on the stage only, but for all of us. And that's why a weekend like this is organized for us to understand what exactly happened when God deposited His kingdom on the inside of us and what's expected from Him in our lives. And, and I tell this story to you for you to be stirred in your faith and to know that those kind of things, revealing how God reveals Himself through His presence on earth, is available not for us, but as an instrument and a tool through us to touch the world on the outside, to show them who God is. We said in the, in the conference, you know, after Todd White started sharing his videos of how he's doing evangelism on the street, we started doing that as, as well. Because, you know, for the first time you had something you could look at and say, oh, that's how they do it. Or you watch your pastor pray for people that's sick. You're like, oh, that's how it works. It's easy now to go to someone that's sick and, because you know how it works. You have a, a, an example to look at. And that's why we're sharing the testimonies and the stories for you to know. It's so easy and people are way more open for us to just reveal God to them. They're actually really open if we just step out and try. So I want to speak to you about his presence and, and three levels, is maybe the wrong word, three places, uh, but three levels of God's presence that's available for the kingdom believer. What God's given us is already given unto us. And I want to explain that to you by starting with the heart of God for his people. In Exodus 25 verse 1, God clearly said to Moses, build me a tabernacle. And then he, he qualified. He said, I want to live amongst my people. I want to be present in the midst of the Israelites. I want to be with them. And you read the stories of the Bible, and especially in the Old Testament, and you see this, uh, uh, this presence of God guiding and leading His people, but you also see and hear many times how God says, I'm done with you. I'm finished. You know, I wanted to be with you, but you don't regard me uh, as your God. You keep on living the way you do, and then He, you know, he wants to, to uh, leave them, retract His presence for them, and then some leader would pitch up and say, hey, Lord, they are your people. Remember, have grace upon them. Don't leave them. Stay here with us. You know, that's the story of the whole, whole of the Old Testament. But it started off with God revealing His true intention for humanity. And His true intention for us was He wanted to be with us. It's not just a concept. It's not just something that is a truth. It is a, our Father revealing His heart for us. Many people believe in God. They believe that God exists. You know, They believe that He's omnipresent, which is good and amazing. It all starts there. But there's so much more. And sometimes we don't understand God's heart for us. We question 
his intentions. And so today, starting with his heart, we always say the following, God is good and he's only good. doesn't matter what happened to me or what stuff I had to endure, he will always be good. That's why we have to cast out devils. We have to uh, break down the lies that, and the trauma and get, get, uh, receive healing from the Lord for that. But he remained the same. He is hardest to remain and be between us. And I want to tell you uh, in, an interesting story of how, that, how easily in our own lives it happens that we just get used to God as a concept. God uh, in his omnipresence. In the Bible, after uh, uh, God told Moses that he wanted to be amongst his people, Moses to erect a tabernacle, they built also the Ark of the Covenant, which was always placed in the Holy of Holies. And if you remember correctly, uh, there were certain people that was, that was allowed to carry the Ark of the Covenant, but you, wa- you weren't allowed to touch it. Uzzah touched the Ark because he tried to, to, uh, to help the ark. They stumbled and the ark was falling over. He just wanted to help because the ark of the covenant was of value to them. And he died just by touching the ark of the covenant. So this was a serious matter for God. But through the Old Testament, in Ezekiel 5 verse 11, finally God says, I I'm now going, now going to leave the temple. You know, they had tabernacles and the temple of Solomon. They had a whole bunch of stuff happening. I'm going to read about it now. But God said, I'm going to leave the temple. I am not going to be present in the temple anymore. It's interesting. That was a prophecy. And then the time of Nebuchadnezzar, what happened was uh, he invaded Jerusalem and by default, then also divided, uh, invaded the temple. And he stole all the temple ornaments. And if you remember correctly, in the days of Daniel, he had a party with all the ornaments of the temple. And you remember the writing, the handwriting against the wall that Daniel had to interpret? That was because he was using all those holy ornaments that was used in the temple uh, in the rituals when they were serving God. Interesting Josephus wrote that Nebuchadnezzar and uh, Titus, who also invaded and burned the temple down, did something interesting. After this prophecy of Ezekiel, just before Titus burned Jerusalem and the temple, he went to take a peek into the Holy of Holies. And he came to a shocking conclusion. He saw and found in the Holy of Holies Nothing. No Ark of the Covenant, no presence. It's interesting, there's lots of speculation what happened to the Ark and where it is and why. And, but that's not important for today. It was just a symbol of God's presence. The important thing for today is the following. So interesting, all the priests and the Levites, they were called to serve God in the temple. And everything they did was... Because of God's presence in the Holy of Holies and unto him. That was the reason that they had to serve him in the temple. All the rituals they did, all the sacrifices they did, everything they did resembled something to honor his presence amongst them. And this means that after God left the temple, his presence left 
these priests continue serving and doing those rituals without the presence of God. All of us know that today we are called a priesthood of believers. We are called a priesthood of believers. But sometimes it happens in our lives that we live our lives believing that it exists. But all the stuff we do is without His presence. All the good works we try and do is without His presence. And I want to read to you in the Bible because the Bible is so clear, especially in the Old Testament Scriptures, We don't even have time to jump in the New Testament and examples in the New Testament. But the Old Testament scriptures explain to us in a story between Moses and God, what was the thing that happened? What was God's, uh, not just calling, what was his prerequisite in the service of his people? To understand this correctly, I want to quickly define three three things, three terminologies that would help you understand presence. So, presence in the Bible referred to three interesting concepts that was found in the whole of the New Testament as well. The first one was omnipresence. We all know that God was here this morning even before we came, but you also know He was with you at your home. And He's with us everywhere we go. And very important, He's also with the unbeliever. Because it did not just die for the Christian. The New Testament scripture says he specifically died for those that, is his, that, that are his enemies. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Everywhere we go, we can find him. The psalmist David said, where can I go to escape the presence of the Lord? Not in the deepest of deep. When I go there, I will find him present there. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But I want to tell you the following. His omnipresence is only the very first level of understanding who He is, living from that kind of relationship to Him. The second one is face-to-face. It's interesting. We will read about it in the Exodus. But face-to-face is a second personal level of Presence between myself and the Lord. And if we are a kingdom people, the second level and the third level is is required for us. It's available for us. It's not for certain people. It's available. So face-to-face speaks about the personal presence of the Lord in our own relationship with Him. The time that we spend with Him. This, I want to be clear, this kind of presence is not something you take note of. This is not just something to believe in. It is something to discover. It is real. You don't just refer to it and hoping that it would happen to you one day. It's something that you speak about and testify about because you've experienced this personal presence on a daily level, face to face. Thirdly is God's glory, his manifest presence. In other words, the instances where we have testimonies about God's power that touches earth, that touches bodies, that touches fortune tellers on the way to the mall, that reveals himself. It's moments where you can say that moment was where heaven invaded earth. The atmosphere changed 
God's glory was visible, was physical and visible in our lives. So three words in the Bible, there's many more, but three of the words that's mainly referred to or used in the biblical scriptures when we speak about presence is the following. First one is face. I already mentioned that. So presence in, in Hebrew literally is translated as face. To be in someone's face, to be in front of someone, to be in someone's presence means to meet with someone face to face. The second term is glory, doxa, and that means it's the light that radiates from God's presence. The light that radiates from God's presence. It's associated with power and miracles. It's referred to those kind of activities in the in the Bible. And an interesting example of this, there are many more, is when Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, God's glory shone like a light on Paul. And he encountered God in a moment, and his life was never the same again. I think about John in the book of Revelations, John 1, uh, Revelations 1. John uh, describes how the angel of the Lord, or Jesus, is revealed to him physically, and how the glory of God was so tangible in the room, he couldn't keep standing. He had to fall over on his face. And the third one is to be filled to be filled by the presence of God or by the, uh, by the Holy Spirit. It means to be completely occupied, to be under complete influence of, and I love this, to be possessed fully, to be possessed fully, and therefore praying over each other, renouncing lies, breaking stuff, getting healing, growing spiritually is so important because we have to be completely occupied and filled. There's no area in our lives that God wants to exist that must be under bondage or under another ruler. So, if you have your Bible with you, you're welcome to turn to Exodus 33. Uh, I'm going to read Moses' story, and I love, I love Moses, and I love this story. There's just so much in it. We can't get through all of it in one sermon. But it speaks and it, it identifies the three levels of presence for us. Some of the scriptures will be behind me on the screens, but the other ones you can just follow from Exodus 33. We're going to start with verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp but the servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this, peop these, this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. 
For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall, we shall be separate, your people and I, from all, all other people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, Please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Verse 23, Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So I want to start at the top. It's very interesting. You see in the beginning of verse 11, the Bible says, God spoke to Moses face to face like a man speaks to his friend. Yet in verse 23, it says, Then I will take my hand and you shall, I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And I want to explain this to you quickly so you understand the levels or the places of presence and how it works in God's kingdom. First of all, we've started off by saying that the face-to-face presence in our own lives is super important for our own relationship with God. That's what we feed off. Knowledge is important. It's important to know the Word, live from the Word, be fed by the Word, have revelation from the Word. Jesus also said, I do not live of bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, my Father. So revelation is important to hear God speak to us, but to demonstrate in our own lives because we have experience in God's presence personally is what will carry us. I have a, let me be careful what I say now. I know many people that have great giftings, but they don't have the character to carry that gifting. And that's a very difficult thing to deal with because they are super gifted. And that mainly happens because we don't spend time with the Lord. We don't understand that in His presence we are being transformed by the Holy Spirit, like Second Corinthians 3 says. The Spirit which is the Lord brings transformation as we behold Him and spend time in His presence. So to speak to God face to face, be in His presence, like a man speaks to his friend is so important. But in the next part, God just says, I am leaving you. I will send you an angel, but I'm not going with you anymore. And then Moses, coming from this place in verse 11, where he knows God like a friend, spends time in his presence. He has the vrijmoedigheid, we would say in Afrikaans. What's that, Andre? <laughs> the courage. Yeah, let's use courage. He, he had courage to do the following. No, Lord. No. You said you know me by my name. You've called me by my name. You've given me grace and you've given me favor. Now you're saying you're leaving your people. And then he says, if you send an angel, we're not going. If you, in the presence of, in the reality of your presence, does not come with us, we will not go. Moses know God well enough in his presence. To, to reason with him, 
and say, no, you called me, you know my name, I have favor in your sight, and therefore I cannot allow you to leave us. You must go with us, otherwise we won't go. Sometimes it's necessary for us to reason. God wants us sometimes to reason with him. If he's called us by his name and we found favor in his sight and you spend time in your relationship with him in his presence, he wants us to communicate with each other. And what he's actually doing is he's calling you closer. He's testing us many times. In verse 14, God said, okay, okay, okay. My presence will go with you. All right. You responded. You're serious about this. We know each other. I will do as you say or as you require. I will go with you with my presence. And I love the next part where uh, Moses says in verse 16, For now, then will it be known that your, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from the people who are upon the face of the earth. You see, Moses contends not just for his presence, but he says, if you do not mark us with your supernatural presence, how will we be different or seen or identified in the world as your people? Think about this for a minute. Moral behavior is important for all Christians. Important. It's non-negotiable. To behave morally correct, to be obedient to what God commands us in the Bible, is status quo for a Christian, a kingdom Christian. It's not something we have to decide over or reason about. So I don't want to go to morals. But moral behavior in the world is also, we can also see people behaving morally in the world. So if moral behavior was the distinction between us and the world, then we all looked pretty much the same. Think about the movie stars. <laughs> they have these massive non-profit organizations feeding schemes in Africa. Doing way more than you and I can do. So possibly their good behavior is way better than ours. But that's not what distinguishes us from the world. Moses says, if your presence does not mark us, we will look exactly the same as the rest of the world. My question to you is, are you marked with his presence? Did he mark you? That means that he separate you from the world by meeting with you. Pouring his power over you. Revealing his nature to you. That's not something you just know. It's something you testify because God's done it in your life. And then... After Moses from this place, you know, God being omnipresent in this situation, number one. Secondly, God also gave Moses the, the courage to reason with him because of his personal face-to-face -face presence. Moses go on to ask God the following. Please show me your glory. And I thought, really Moses, what else do you want to see? I mean, the Red Sea, the plagues, the water, the snakes, the food from heaven. What else, what glorious manifestation do you think is left for you to see? And the only reason Moses could ask God for more glory 
was because in his personal face-to-face presence, he never had enough. It was never enough. There's always more. And his hunger had driven him to a point where he said, I want more. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your presence. But I want more. And then God said, go and stand on the, on the rock. I will cover you. But you'll only, in my glorified, manifest presence, you will only be able to see my back. Because you can't see my face and lips. So let me explain that to you. That means the following. In God's glory, he always does more than what he does in our personal relationship with God. It's something different. It's, it's him revealing himself in power. But that kind of glory cannot increase in our lives unless we step out. All the rabbis agree that the backside of God really means, in Hebrew it's actually, actually just logical, it means there where that person had just been. So think about it real quick. God is telling Moses, even though we meet face to face personally, when I reveal my glory to you, my power to you, and give you an increase, you won't be able to see me from the front. You'll only be able to see me where I had just been. Why does God do that? Have you ever watched the Clint Eastwood, the, the cowboy movies? You see the bank robbers, they rob the bank, and they run into the desert, and then the sheriffs go after them. And when they get into the desert, where the place where the, the robbers were at, they only find a fire with a little smoke still burning, right? They had already left. God knew that if he gives, on, you know, we can't handle the fullness of who he is. We, who he is. we are too small. But even if we could have handled it, he knew that if we receive the fullness of that, we will remain like Joshua remained. We will not get up and start moving. And so God allows us to have glory and makes us hungry for more so that we would stay in movement. We would go after him and find where, where he had just been. Andre said that uh, he's never seen so much uh, miracles in one weekend like we've seen this weekend. This is only the beginning. If God wants to give us a revelation and an experience of his glory and this was great can you can you imagine what's to come and how we need to continue go after him i want to close today um just with the following god is so faithful in the at the end of the book of exodus um i want to read you the last scriptures it said Verse 34, then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting, because the cloud rested above it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then... Did, uh, then did they, sorry, did not journey till the day that, was, that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle day by, uh, by day, and fire was over it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. 
God had done what he promised Moses to do. In the cloud of his glory, he manifested himself over the tabernacle. And as they camped around his presence, when the cloud had lifted up and started moving, then the people will, the people uh, packed up their camp, started moving after him. But when the cloud stood still, the people remained there. So in our own lives, there are three places of meeting God in his presence. Number one, he's omnipresent, and that's amazing. Secondly, he's calling you into a face-to-face presence that's tangible for you to carry the gifting that he's given or wants to give you. Thirdly, he wants to give you a greater measure of his glory. A greater measure of his glory. But you'll have to be obedient. Step out in what is already given you. Start moving so that you can receive them all. Let's close our eyes and just open our hands. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. For your glory, your manifest presence. Thank you for your heart that you've always planned to live amongst us. I want to pray over this group of people. Thank you that you love them so much. Thank you that you want to reveal yourself to them in a greater measure than before. I want to pray a special importation in this moment. Will you open up in our hearts that face-to-face place between us where we can meet with you in a relationship with tangible presence every day. Thank you, Lord, that emotions and circumstances does not determine your presence. We receive. And then, Lord, I want to pray a special importation as we start moving, as we start doing and being obedient to your manifest glory. Will you provide us with a greater measure of your glory? I want to pray, Lord, that your doxa, you, your weightiness will rest upon your people and that we would be able to live from that place of glory, minister from that place of glory, rule in our lives over every circumstance from that place of glory. Thank you that you impart that into our lives right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.